0: Hello everyone, welcome to the Untold Stories podcast, where we unfold the events that led some of the modern successful entrepreneurs to reach prosperity. We want to thank you so much for tuning in, and if you want more content from us, you can follow us on our social media accounts at Startup.govkrat. Viktor Genshev is here with us today, he's the CEO of Viste and PostFox, and he's a creator of a couple of digital medias in Southeast Bulgaria. Viste is a company that uses content management systems such as WordPress to design e-commerce websites or projects, whether PostFox is a startup which made software for improving e-commerce sales and allocating the inventory of such companies. Uh, the PostFox works in Bulgarian and Danish markets, while Viste is mostly in Bulgarian. So, hello, Victor. Welcome to the Untold Stories podcast. And thank you for agreeing to meet with me. And uh, we can start with your backstory. How do you, do you get to, to this stage of your life? A little bit about
1: your education,
0: hobbies, and things like that.
1: Okay. Uh, hi, Borgo and thank you for the invite. Uh, it is a pleasure uh, to be in your uh, podcast. And I hope... In our conversation, we can be helpful to young people who want to start their own things and want to do business. Uh, About me and my backstory, it's uh, I'm uh, born and uh, raised in a small city in Bulgaria called Dobrich. So When uh, when I had to choose a career path, I chose uh, at first I chose tourism. I had nothing to do with IT or uh, yeah startups in general because uh, I live in a region uh, where tourism is uh, very key. So uh, I started working very young, uh, 15 years old. I started working in hotels. So my first business uh, not business but my first career goal was to become a hotel manager um, so uh yeah after uh, after i worked uh, a while um, i uh, i started uh, studying my uh, in university i started studying marketing and management so that i can become a manager and at, i think at 22 years old i became a hotel manager but, uh, after working a couple of years as a hotel manager, I saw it's not exactly my thing and it's, uh, it is not what I want to do for the rest of my life. And, uh, circumstances in my life led me to IT and, uh, and for me to build my first, uh, IT company, which is Vista, the company that is still, still active. Um, yeah, when, when you're working in tourism and especially uh, where you have four seasons and uh, and a summer resort, you have to get used uh, by the fact that you will be working for the summer and then during the winter uh, you will not be working so much. So um, while you study at a, at a university, it's perfect, but then it becomes uh it becomes boring to just sit around for 6 months and wait for the summer to come so yeah, one of my best friends uh, who I'm still working with uh Stefan Stefanov he is a co-founder with me in Viste uh he uh, he was a freelancer uh, he was doing development but uh, he became so busy that he stopped uh, hanging out with uh, with me or uh, any of our friends we were we had uh, a lot of uh, common friends who were at, uh, at the same circles. So he suddenly disappeared and uh, he had huge problems uh, managing his, uh, uh, his time, his work, speaking to customers and in general managing uh, the whole development uh, uh, yeah, that, that, that he was doing. So uh, the we we started working together on a couple of projects. We built first. We built a, a web shop. It was a dropshipping web shop, but it was uh, in two thousand eleven. So I'm not even sure that the term dropshipping was invented yet. <laughs> we also didn't know it was called like this. But we just uh, we managed to create a, a, a web shop, and we found. Uh, I don't even remember how we found people that were that had to supply us with. Uh, uh, with products, it was a webshop for sports wear, sports goods, anything related to sports. And the surprising thing was that it, it went uh, went off very fast. It, it went uh, really well, but uh, but uh, our supplier was not so good. <laughs> so we started uh, getting orders that uh, we cannot fulfill because they they were never in stock, <laughs> so we had to close the shop, but it was the first experience we uh, I had with the e-commerce. And it was uh, an opportunity for me to, yeah, to, to see a little bit more about it and to, to study new things and to uh, get hyped about it. And, and later we made a couple of other small websites um, uh, until yeah we, we went to that point that uh, we could start uh, we, we had an idea to start this company together and see how it will go. Uh, and uh, the first year or the first two years, I don't remember, I was working both uh, places. I was uh, managing the hotel during the summer and I then during the winter we were working together. But when we reached the point that we yeah I can uh, just pay my bills from the business we made together, I just stopped uh, working at the hotel, and we, we went uh, full-time doing Vista. Yeah, and from 2012 uh, till now, we we have built this company. It's uh, It turned out to be a great company. We're doing uh, big uh, e-commerce projects right now. We have uh, uh, bigger customers, much more interesting projects related to... Uh, much more complicated development uh yeah actually it's it's uh right now it became a, a decent company so i think that's how i came uh that's how i uh i started doing uh, it how i became uh how i made my first company
0: yeah that's that's really interesting and um Um, What are these type of projects that um, you do in Viste? I mean, you're making the software part of the websites in these big companies or it's uh, something more complicated?
1: Mm, Well, we are mainly uh, doing everything everything related to uh, e-commerce websites. And we have specialized in uh, platforms, uh, open source platforms uh, called, uh, one is called PrestaShop and the other one is called uh, OpenCard. Uh, they are one of the most uh, popular open source platforms for uh, e-commerce. So we are doing everything from the design and UX analysis and the coding the design and uh, yeah, to, to much more complicated business logic, Things like uh, warehouse management, uh, fulfillment management, uh, working with suppliers, yeah, everything that is going on behind the scenes in a webshop, uh, we do and we automate. And yeah, it, every every customer is uh, is a bit different. Everybody is doing things differently in a different way. So there's plenty of things to do in that uh, in that end.
0: Okay, thank you, and. Um... Before before uh, our podcast, we talked about database migration and the beginning of uh, the other company that you hit, the startup, Postfox.
1: Can you tell me more about that? How does it uh, happen? Yeah. Well, uh, the interesting thing about Vista is that we made the company with... Uh, and up to this date, we have been uh, doing the company with uh, zero marketing budget. We have not put a single... Uh, penny in marketing, uh, and we uh, we have been, uh, for the last uh, years, working with uh, yeah, good companies, big companies. But how we started was that uh, back in the days uh, when we started the company, I'm talking 2012, 2013, we were offering a very specific service that not a lot of companies offered. So we offered uh, database migrations. And that meant if you have a web shop, Uh, on an outdated or not good enough platform, you can just uh, migrate your whole database through us to a better platform or a newer one. And uh, back in the days, it was quite popular because um, there was plenty of platforms, like all these small local platforms, there was hundreds of them. Uh, And of course, the market uh, throw them out so a lot of people that managed to succeed with the smaller platforms they wanted something better or something that can scale up to their uh, level so there was a huge demand for database services and we were one of the few companies uh, that was doing it uh, like specifically doing it we were uh, we were doing only that uh, at one point of our company and, and that led uh, that. Brought us a lot of customers uh, because they they come to us uh, with this. But you know, when you're when you make uh, de- uh, database migration to a new platform, you transfer all your data, and then you start needing more services. Or you need a better design, or you need uh, better warehouse management, or you need to automate uh, some things in your uh, web shop so that you can uh, free up some of your time. So this this became like a, it had a snowball effect. We, we started getting customers that are giving us more and more and that, that are referring us to more and more people. So uh, slowly we, we, we made a quite decent uh, customer base that uh, was uh, supplying us with uh, all kinds of orders for different things to code and to develop. And that's how we uh, not only found a decent amount of customers, but we also had customers all over the world uh, because, as I mentioned, there wasn't such a big uh, variety of companies offering the service. So we had customers in Switzerland, Canada, Australia, Denmark, everywhere, everywhere. And uh, actually, this, this led to, to my connections with uh, my later pa- partners in the startup that, uh, that we made eventually called PostFox. You mentioned it in the beginning. So uh, about the database migration, I think this was a very key moment in, in, in Vista's development as a company uh, because, yeah, it, it played a big part in, uh, in our development.
0: And um, as you mentioned, PostFox, can you tell us more about uh, the startup and um, the influence uh, on the market? How is the procedure in that startup?
1: <clears throat> well, PostFox is... a uh, a project it is a soft software as a service project, which means that we developed a platform for uh, e-commerce and POS uh, that uh, you can uh, pay a subscription fee for it and use it. So it is uh, let's say similar to Shopify model that you pay monthly subscription fee and you're using a software. But we we made this uh, software, uh, mm-hmm. we designed it for the Danish market, so integrated we integrated everything needed for the Danish market. Uh, and we, uh, yeah, we, 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 integrated the POS systems in, in the software. So you can do both attended and unattended sales. That means online and offline sales from the same platform. So you can uh, sell t-shirts and make your web shop for it. And, uh, with our startup, there's a iOS and Android application that you can install on a tablet or a smartphone. And then from the tablet and the smartphone, you can start selling offline as well if you have also a physical store where you sell the same t-shirts. You can use the database, so that means you can change quantities, it will change both places, the webshop and the POS, or you can update prices everywhere. So that was the main idea. We wanted to make a, a easy-to-use out-of-the-box ecosystem that is also affordable. Uh, so that's, that's mainly what PostFox is. And how we, we made it is uh, it's not any different uh, than uh, how I explained it. We had these customers from Denmark that wanted a database migration, and then it led to more and more and more orders. So we made several web shops for them. Uh, look, luckily, they have the good network of people. So uh, they referred us to a lot of people that were very happy with our work. So. Uh, we had a quite good reputation with, uh, with these uh, customers and um, uh, a, a few years later uh, when we started working together we made a, a quite big project for them uh, because um, one of my partners he made a restaurant and he needed a, a quite complex system for uh, uh, food orders in schools. And what this means is that uh, he uh, got permission to uh, supply food to children. It was a healthy food restaurant. So uh, he got permission to uh, supply food in a couple of schools next to his restaurant. And uh, we made a system that let's say you're a parent and you have three children uh, studying in that schools and you can create a profile. You can make a sub profile for each kid. You can say, this kid is in 3rd B grade, this kid is in 4th A, etc. And then you can order uh, food for your kids and you can make it for uh, the next week or the next three months or the next six months. You just make their menus, you you pay, and then uh, the, the people in the restaurant, they just bring your children food every day. And it was a, a, a great software then because it was... Uh, it had all kinds of automations inside but it, it was also connected to a lot of hardware so it was printing labels and it was uh yeah it, it had a lot of things uh, working in it and uh, i think uh, this project uh, changed the game because we we delivered a much bigger project than uh, expected and we made it very well
0: okay so i uh, think you for, uh, for your um experience with um the new projects uh, in Denmark, and uh, can you tell me more about what should be the ways to deal with the investors during negotiations?
1: Uh, I think it's very different, uh, and and it depends on what what type of investment are you getting, uh, because each investment stage has its own specific, and also every person or company that you pitch will be who have a different vibe, who have different. Uh, requirements or different questions and they want to know different things so there's not really a unique answer or there's not uh, an easy answer to this question Um, but yeah it it, it really depends so
0: maybe in your situation can you tell me uh, how did you deal with uh, the investors even though uh, you know them how was your um, way of pitching because uh, we've talked uh, that you get um, good uh, subsidizing. So tell me about your, um, your experience.
1: Uh, well, the, there's no right answer for uh, what is the right way to approach an investor or what is the right way to speak to uh, an investor. It really depends on the stage. Uh, that your business is set? Uh, Is it a seed funding you're applying for or is it a Series A or a a growth stage? It it is very different. And also the people are very different that you pitch to. Uh, Some of them will be very friendly. Others will be too corporate. So you should be able as a a business founder to uh, read people and to uh, be able to adjust according to the way they're asking you or the way they're approaching you. Uh, so, uh, in my experience, when I was pitching for a seed investment, I was already, uh, in very good relationship with the people that I was pitching uh, to. They were my customers and I had uh, made several big projects for them. So they already had trust in me as a specialist and they already had trust in my team. Um, so it was more about, uh, my idea and where we can be in a couple of years. And uh, yeah, all these things that are past, you proving yourself that you're worthy to uh, to have an investor.
0: Can we uh, a little educate our audience and um, can you tell me about the funding process? We start with seed investing. Can you tell me what does it mean? And uh, what are the other stages of uh, funding and developing uh, business uh, business company with um, with uh, investments from vcs can you tell me more about that in order to educate a little bit our audience about that that topic
1: yes well basically you'll find all kind of uh, if you're looking uh, if you look in the uh, internet for uh, seed rounds you'll find so much different uh, different information and it's presented in such uh, so many different ways but yeah basically uh, most important is when you start. The first investment is the seed investment. So that means you have you have this idea and you're looking for someone to come in with, come in with the funds to get the, to get to where you want to go um, with, with your idea. Usually it's uh, friends or family or uh, uh, close partners, people that you already know and uh, people that uh, will have the trust that you need uh, in yourself because uh, you will not have a product, you will not have traction, you will not have anything. So that, that means they should be able to invest in an idea. You should present uh, what you want to do and where this can uh, go to. And, and after uh, you get the, the, the seed investment, uh, there might be uh, several small rounds. Uh, there can be a growth uh, stage, or you can uh, go to directly to Series A investment. Uh, and it's it's very, it, it depends on what type of business are you running and uh, what your results will be uh, by the time you're close to spending your seed capital. Um, so uh, early stage investments uh, are usually given to uh, businesses that already have uh, a product, but they don't have traction. So you can be almost done with developing your product, but you will not have money in, or uh, you have only a couple of customers in, but you want to expand. And then if you want to go for CSA investment, you should have uh, some traction in your company. That will mean that you have some numbers in uh, and some real data that you should be able to present. And uh, then uh, the amounts will get bigger. And, uh, but but this is logical because you already have the numbers. So you can show your investors, okay, we are making that much money now and uh we have this percent growth per uh queue or per year it depends on your business and if you give us the money we'll spend it for this and that and we'll have uh that results because now you can show now you can show real data and this 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 means the most when you're pitching in my opinion
0: yeah i thank you very much for the explanation and um We've discussed before uh, our talk about the startup community and the hidden truths In your opinion about it. Can you share with our audience something about that?
1: Well, yeah, in, in my opinion, the whole uh, startup culture is, is becoming... Uh, uh, it is presented too romantic, so uh, it, it becomes like... Uh, in, in, in people's mind, it is... at least as I see it, is that you just make this business and people throw money at you, but there are a lot of things that you should know and you should consider, at least in in my opinion. This is... uh, Doing a startup, uh, it it is not much different than doing any other business. It is super demanding. It is uh, related to a lot of stress. It is... uh, Yeah, and and, and, uh, we should keep in mind uh, real data that very very small uh, percent uh, of all the startups are uh, actually succeeding so that means there's a ton of people disappointed uh, or people in debt uh, all these things people owning money to investors people breaking connections with family because of money etc so with doing a startup it is uh, I'm not saying it's a bad thing But I'm just saying that it it has its risks. But uh, all the things I hear from, not only from podcasts, but all the conferences and everywhere you go, it is only the good things uh, in the startup culture that are brought up. Nobody talks about the downside of the things. Nobody talks about the failures. Nobody speaks about, yeah, uh, people owning a ton of money everywhere, etc. So uh, I think... uh, I definitely think it uh, it's worth it but uh well, at least my perspective but uh, people should uh, should know that this is just a normal business and it's connected to a, not only a lot of stress but all these money they're not just falling down from the sky there is someone that will give you the money but you should live up to the expectations that you present to these people and uh and and also what i see is a is a huge mistake and i also think i was the i was uh, i've also done a similar mistake is that when people are planning uh, their startups they are not relying on real data uh, and i think this is uh, one of the bigger problems i see people are just seeing their dreams somewhere uh, nobody is researching nobody's buying data because most relevant and most important data is not free it's not cheap usually especially market research etc so uh yeah this is also important it is uh, it is complicated it is not that easy as presented and uh, to get investment to get money from someone it is also not that easy
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, you started at the end of your answer about the mistakes about the sta- uh, about creating a startup. Can you tell me uh, more about your mistakes that you have made uh, during your journey, and uh, what um, have you implemented um, in your future projects? I mean, right now.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm, we made several mistakes. Some of them were really big and we uh, had huge hiccups because of them. Uh, some of them were smaller, but uh, the biggest mistake I had with my own startup was that I had a dependency on a certain company because our startup, it had a freemium model uh, when we started. So we were giving the our platform away for free and we were earning a certain percent of transaction fees as a cashback from a payment provider. So back then, uh, well, it makes a lot of sense to do it in Denmark because it's almost cashless and everybody are paying with a debit or credit card. So uh, basically, we were giving uh, e-commerce or POS software for free and we were getting a percent from the turnover of each shop as a cashback from the transaction fees. But we were working uh, with a certain company. The company was called YourPay. It was a Danish company. And, uh, yeah, a couple of years after we started the company, uh, bankrupted. So, uh, we had, uh, 100% dependence on this company. It was a stable company. It had like 55,000 merchants or so. So nobody expected it to happen. But, uh, when this company, uh bankrupted we had to close our project and think of another way to do it so we did it all over again we started from zero and we built it again uh but we had to re, uh, change the brand and we had to yeah basically just start again and this this was uh, this was a huge blow and a lot of money down the drain so this was one of our mistakes this was the major mistake that we made the other mistakes was um uh, and i think this is a very common one Uh, we didn't pay too much attention to um, legal um yeah how do i say it like uh, we didn't uh, make our paperwork uh, in the best way possible just to save money from here and to save money from there but this comes back to you you have to well my advice is that people when uh, when they receive investment you you should always get funding and uh, get a certain amount for a lawyer so that you have everything straight uh, because you might be great friends at the beginning of a startup but then things change Uh, business uh, environment is very dynamic so this will not mean that you will be friends forever with the person that will invest in your company so I think uh, this was also a mistake we made. It wasn't something that costs us uh, that much but i definitely see that we could have done this better and uh, this is also something that uh, investors in later stages of uh, your company will see as a big bonus because you have taken care of uh, all these legal things as ndas or uh, proper company structure etc
0: yeah of course that's that's important things yeah can you tell me what's the reason? Why do you stay in Bulgaria uh, when you have a business abroad? What's the reasons? You, uh, you can tell about your personal um, reason, and or you can tell about your business reason why you decide to stay in Bulgaria.
1: Well, yeah, exactly. There are two reasons, and the personal one is quite obvious. Uh, it is, uh, you know, when you come from somewhere, your family is there. So I prefer to stay close to my family and. Uh, I'm happy with where I am, but, uh, the, 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 business, uh, side of things is that, uh, I'm using Bulgaria as a, as a huge advantage because, um, when you're doing a project and especially if it's a tech project, um, our development team is set up in Bulgaria and it is a huge difference if you're, if your developers will be in Bulgaria or based in Denmark and, you can um, you can guess on your own what will be the expenses of a development team in Denmark and here it's a huge difference. So uh, this is actually a big bonus for us because we have a business structure in Denmark. So that means we will be, we are selling our product in Denmark and uh, all the marketing executions, uh, execution is going on in Denmark but the development team is uh, staying here and we can also build support teams here and uh yeah this is this is a huge advantage that we are able to use uh, market with uh, with cheaper specialists uh and this this gives us a, a bonus for investors as well that we have uh, set up in two different countries
0: i would like to conclude with um, one last question which uh it's always uh, asked in our uh, podcast, and that's uh, what's your untold story? Uh, something uh, that uh, your friends know, or something unusual? You decide what you like to tell.
1: It's it's uh, okay. I'll tell you when I was pitching for uh, for our startup, and I was negotiating with uh, my partners in Denmark and. I presented this idea and uh, we had a meeting uh, the next day and uh, they they offered me a certain percent that I'll get from the company, uh, but when I sat down on the table to negotiate with them, uh, I got extremely, uh, how do I say it, like uh, adrenaline buff, so I, uh, I, I felt uh, quite confident so when we sat down and they asked me what I think about it, I uh, I just told them that I want double from what they offered me. <laughs> um, and and um, it was it was interesting because they they well at the beginning they got very confused and they said that they want they were expected to they expected me to just go with a little bit of a, how do I say it. Um, um, like a smaller percent I would ask uh, on top of what they offer me. And and then my adrenaline buff just continued and this was something I've never done before. And uh, when I was on this, uh, in this conference room, I just told them, okay, well, this is what I want. So it is either that or uh, we just shake hands and goodbye. And then when, as soon as I said it, it's like my adrenaline stopped uh, working on me and I suddenly realized that uh, I didn't say something very smart but it was very late now so I just had to play it cool Uh, but I think I I managed so it is very very good uh, deal I took but uh, if I was thinking uh, straight and if I was able to to keep my cool I think I wouldn't uh, have said that high percent but i think that was that was that's uh, an unusual story that i had because as soon as i said that i want double it is like i i saw myself just waving goodbye to this money that i wanted so
0: <laughs> that sounds really interesting i mean you should be ambitious as you are and uh, yeah that's a lesson that uh, of the audience who want to st- um, Tries something like this should know uh, in their negotiations So, uh, and um, I would like to thank you uh, Victor for your participation in our podcast and uh, it was a pleasure for me uh, to, ta- uh, to take it with you and uh, I think it, it went really well and uh, I hope that we will get um, another one in the future uh, with uh, a lot of new stories from you so thank you again, Victor. Uh, thank you too.
1: It was uh, it was a pleasure.
0: And um, goodbye, everyone. nice day. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked the episode, make sure to share it and follow us on social media at Startup Bogovgrad for more awesome content.